Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast from Visit Aurora from the rafters of the Stanley Marketplace. This is the show dedicated to telling the stories of Aurora, Colorado. Hi there. My name is Dave. I'm the senior marketing manager for Visit Aurora. Really excited to have Benjamin Burger King and Michael Miguel Bencomo here. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. It started with the dream to own a food cart. You guys met in the hallways of Boulder High School. Go Panthers. Oh, yeah. As a high school kid, opening a food cart seems like a really practical and reasonable goal. <laughs> it didn't seem, you know, it seems like that's doable, right? Whose idea was it? And... How did it come to be? We both talked about it. We're like, how cool would it be? Um, you know, this was like 10 years ago. And then we kind of like met back up when Ben moved back from college. And then kind of realized the realities of it. Yeah, I, was, I don't think we were ever seriously thinking about doing it. And it was always just in the back of the brain, like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And then it's like how people say, let's open a bar or let's, right. you know, do something. Yeah. And we just got kind of lucky. We were at the same point in our lives. So we were kind of just, let's try it out, see how it goes. And we were able to find uh, the cart that we use on Craigslist and it, all the pieces sort of just fell into place. How, how did you become friends to begin with? Tell us how that Ooh, kind of came to fruition. It was not easy. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to live in Broomfield, which is like half an hour away. So to wait for my mom to give, pick me up, I used to walk to Ben's house to just hang out until I got picked up. And that's basically how we just got to be friends. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty, yeah. pretty much it, yeah. yeah. You, you leave for college, you go your separate ways. What skills did you pick up while you were in college and that kind of got you ready for the big time? <laughs> Uh, I mean, Ben's more of the business guy. Uh, I can start yeah. with Ben. Yeah, so um, I went to Elon University. I ended up majoring in finance and entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, definitely felt myself more gravitating towards the interest of, you know, starting something up, sort of building something from nothing to sort of see how it goes. So I think those sort of skills, I definitely did a lot of restaurant jobs as well throughout college. So I got a lot more hands-on experience, you know, serving and back of house type stuff too. Yeah, and I was in school for writing a lot and then um, that actually kind of helped because we have to do a lot of paperwork actually for the cart. So sitting there and just like writing emails is a huge part of any business apparently, even a food truck. It's super easy to get distracted with new goals and get crushed by like the expectations of living a, like, a normal corporate adult life while you're in college. How did you manage to keep the vision alive that you had developed in high school? The interesting thing is I don't know if there was ever a specific vision when it was developed in high school. I think yeah. it was always sort of just uh, a general direction of, you know, what if we did this thing to, to see what would happen? Um, so I think it, it sort of evolved as we were going. COVID especially really made us have to evolve what we were doing because we, we opened uh, July 2020. So pretty much when everything else was shut down, we were opening up. The pandemic did throw a wrench into your plans, but you, you also had a business that was kind of uniquely transformable and mobile. How, how did you adjust over the last couple of years? Basically, we kind of just set up hoping for the best and we actually started just not knowing where to go. We ended up at parks. Yeah. We ended up at a dog park for like most of the summer, um, which people were like, oh, it's so cool you guys are here. I've never seen this before. Um, but we've evolved a lot realizing that 
there's other places to go like breweries and like we actually got a spot on on the mall on the bricks at pearl street and that helped us just to be where the people are which was the biggest like learning curve entering the food truck business is just like we just need to be around people so that's how it evolved and once you know covid slowly starts to get better um we you know start seeing more people more traffic and better profits the food cart started with you finding it on craigslist that's correct um what did you have to do to restore it and get it up and running <laughs> to like code is there code i guess also there is a code there's a long code okay <laughs> that's good to know Yes, um, it was a lot of elbow grease. Um, it had previously been used as a hamburger cart. Okay. And so uh, it was a lot of scraping, cleaning down. It hadn't been maintained very well. Um, we actually were able to get a lot of like repurposed materials to redo the countertops. We had to redo all the uh, like the the plumbing inside. Yeah. Yeah. I took out all the piping, all the tubing. Were these skills that you already had or did you develop them as you had this project? He's always been pretty good with like tinkering and fixing stuff. So it's, yeah. I have learned a lot for okay. sure <laughs> about different maintenance things on the cart. Electrical, I, ha I know nothing about and still we're like. Why is the light not blinking? <laughs> <laughs> so you expand from Boulder to the town center at Aurora. What what drew you eastward first and foremost? And, and can you talk about how King Como's quesadillas is such a unique endeavor? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'll I guess I'll start out with the expansion. I think we saw it almost in in a similar light of when we were starting the food truck was kind of like a why not? Um, we can only do so much with the cart itself. So I think it was sort of like a natural extension um, to want, I don't think we necessarily even wanted brick and mortar though. It was, I think what interested us, so we were actually approached by this company called Cloud Kitchens. Um, and we liked the idea because it, it kind of gives you a taste of brick and mortar without fully diving into a full restaurant. So I think we kind of liked the idea to test out, you know, how the concept would work um, without having to go all the way in. Um, and they had reached out to us before about, they do have a location in Denver as well, but I think we, we liked the town center at Aurora because it still had the 50-50 of walk-up traffic that we could get, but then also doing deliveries and stuff like that. It probably lessens your overhead because you don't have to build a storefront. You don't have to staff servers and whatnot. You're taking all that overhead cost, but you do have a physical address that people can go to. But it is a super unique experience. Would this be classified almost as a ghost kitchen to a degree? It's, it's definitely classified as a ghost kitchen primarily. I think they're also like, this is the first like mall location, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So they're kind of like transitioning to having more walk-up services. Yeah, this one, it's definitely kind of an experiment for them too, because I think traditionally they are more only delivery focused, so they haven't really done any customer facing type stuff. So I think that's also what we thought was exciting. It's an interesting concept, but has it been challenging conveying that to the public? Oh yeah, 100%, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think we could have done a better job looking up exactly what a ghost kitchen entails. <laughs> right. Um, because I do think the customer facing part is really what we liked doing a yeah, lot. So that's been kind of truck. Yeah. yeah, a strange feeling to sort of box up your food and then send it away and not really have any 
interaction or experience with the person who's eating your food. Um, but you know, it's forced us to think about our branding in different ways, you know, like how do we want the packages to look or do we have to include little like infographics with the to-go's so people can still. Which we do. Yeah. yeah. A little pamphlet about us and just trying to get people to know more about us so it's not just some stranger right. sending you a package. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the mail. It's cool that you mentioned that, Miguel, because I was on your website and it's super charismatic. It's funny. It's engaging. I, it went from this is a quesadilla ghost kitchen to wow these are cool guys I really love their story their recipes are unique uh, who wrote the website and how did you come up with with kind of the format of it because that in and of itself is worth plenty of time that's all I'm gonna take all the credit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't done anything on it. <laughs> no. well a lot um, of it stem from like definitely jokes that we've talked about like the Charles E. Cheese quote yeah. yeah I think I think at the end of the day it's just keeping it a bit lighthearted and not taking anything too seriously um but you know at the same time I think we are very passionate about the quesadilla thing um, I, the shtick I always say is that, you know, it's like burritos and tacos have really taken over yeah. and those are like the cool, hot, trendy foods. And we're just trying to give the quesadillas a little bit of a glow up. They deserve the shine. Yeah, they and, totally. And yeah. it's funny as I've worked the cart, like people come and like talk to us about, you got hot dogs, tacos. And as I go on, I'm getting more like stuck and be like, no, I am anti, not anti, <laughs> but at least versus. So I want to definitely be a part of the, you know, quesadilla glow up. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's also, you know, we tried to design our menu in a way that's, I think people think quesadilla, it's just cheese and meat, right. which is, you know, nothing wrong with it. That's delicious too. Absolutely. But what we quickly learned is you can really put anything in a quesadilla and it's freaking delicious. You describe so. it as the, your patented Mex fusion technology. <laughs> what does that mean? Those are it's, it's patented, <laughs> so I don't know if we can necessarily talk about it here yeah <laughs> Miguel what's the key to a great quesadilla um so the key to great quesadilla is making sure that you melt the cheese without burning the tortilla which is mm. a lot harder than you think you got and then you gotta like really it's about timing so how do you do that is it about finding a cheese with like a later melting point or an earlier melting point so that you can get a crispy tortilla and honestly it's actually about the feel yeah. so you put it on the grill and you know it's ready to like, you know, toast up the center when like you push it down and it just squishes and the cheese comes out of the side of the tortilla and it's the perfect time. And then toss it, toast it up and it's perfect. Wow. Uh, you offer corn tortillas as a gluten-free alternative, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. You even have vegan cheese, which can be really tough to get right. How many vegan cheeses did you have to try before you knew you found the right one? I think we tried like four. Yeah, definitely yeah. a lot of trial and error. Those ones are harder to melt, I would say, but for flavor, I think we, we landed on one that we really like. Yeah, and they're getting better by the day, yeah. so that's like encouraging. Your menu is super creative. It's not just meat and cheese. Thank uh, you. You have the mac and cheese idea, which is amazing. You have a pad thai <laughs> offering, which is incredible. Uh, the tikka masala offering. How do your recipes come about? I think very selfishly, they're just foods that I like. Okay. And then I sort of think, yeah. oh, you know, how, how would that go on a quesadilla? Like pad thai, whenever I'm at a, at a Thai restaurant, that's 
what I'll get or but tikka masala. Then after that, it's like kind of workshopping to see how Definitely. it will work in a quesadilla and then make it to the point where like we're comfortable selling it. And Research then and development. Yeah. Almost like picking a dish you like and then really boiling it down to its elements of, you know, like what is pad thai then? Right. Bean sprouts and peanut butter. A little bit of soy sauce. Secret is beans sprouts. <laughs> that was the weirdest eye-opening experience. Yeah. <laughs> we were trying for so long, and then we put bean sprouts, and it was like, oh, my God. There it is. That's pad thai. You, have you had a, a recipe that wasn't, apologies, quesadoable? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, where to start? I mean, we've, we try different stuff all the time. I got really excited. We had a couscous, couscous one for a little bit. Doesn't no. work. Yeah, unfortunately, the couscous just it didn't have enough flavor, so it was like the texture was fine, but it just wasn't okay. Wasn't anything interesting. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I think the couscous was the biggest. Yeah, thing. more times than not, it's just dishes that wouldn't necessarily have cheese or anything that right. will just kind of do it with cheese anyways, and it just doesn't. But you can't probably do any kind of seafood with cheese because that's not a combination. We that works. have a tuna melt. Okay, we love it. Like I love tuna melts, but. We always get it's, the yeah, hot tuna. Pretty, and pretty divisive, and it, it comes down to if people have had it before. Like, yeah. it's a very childhood-driven thing. Yeah. People that try it really like it, and they've had it as a kid. Uh, one thing that I love about your website is that fans can actually submit recipes. Have you received fan submissions yet? Well, we've gotten a couple verbal ones. No, yeah. one, no one has used the actual portal okay. to submit anything. So, but I think the most recommended yeah. one we've gotten has been, like, a Philly cheesesteak one, oh, yeah, something like that. Is that on the horizon? Are there any other recipes you can sneak preview us? <laughs> <laughs> We're workshopping a, a dessert menu one. We're like working on a full dessert menu, basically. Yeah. So that's on the horizon. Yeah, I was happy to see the the dessert offerings on the menu. I'm I'm a s'mores freak, so I can't wait to maybe head there this afternoon and, and try that one. Um, you guys are fun. The website is very tongue in cheek, but you really do take this seriously. Uh, this is a unique concept with bold flavors and good recipes. Where does it go from here? That's the million dollar question yeah. right there that I think we we keep asking ourselves too. I mean, I think the good and bad thing with our mindset starting out was why not? Mm -hmm. And now the mindset is, you know, what is the goal? I think, you know, we've grown it to a place that we really like. And I think trying to figure out ways I mean, walking around Stanley Marketplace, this is so cool. I yeah. think that finding a place similar to this where we'd be able to do brick and mortar, I think seems like would be a next logical step. But I don't want to speak for Miguel. I don't know what his plans are. No, I agree. I mean, I think a lot of it also comes down to branding. Yeah. Uh, I do like that we've been able to maintain the same kind of like voice in the branding. So something continuing that, like with our T-shirts or... You know, Ben is creating a, a card game that, um, you know, is also on brand. So if we could continue in that direction where it's just not just food, but also like a whole, you know, genre of King Como's things. It's interesting how, you know, it's not just a restaurant endeavor becomes a 360 branding effort all the way around. You're doing events, you're doing other things that complement the business, but ultimately it comes down to whether or not you're serving food that people really like, right? Yeah, definitely. And actually that kind of, um, when you said events, I think that's also sort of a future thing that we've looked at too, is yeah. that we do really like the events that we've done. And it's, you know, it's really fun to drive around, meet all these different people, be in different areas of Colorado. 
so I think like private events and sort of catered events is also something that we would definitely look more into in the future. Yeah, I've seen you guys do like birthdays and stuff too, right? And totally personal events for people. That's birthdays. Kind of cool. This month has been huge because of all the graduations. Mm -hmm. We, you know, lots of graduation parties, yeah. block parties. We've been doing two a day at um, least. Even like business lunches is really fun too because we kind of just show up, make a bunch of quesadillas for lunch, and then head out. Next year it'll be ten years since your friendship first formed. Oof. If ten you year could, anniversary. If you could give advice to the bright eyed twenty thirteen versions of yourselves, what would it be? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, I would say do your research before making any big decisions, which yeah. seems very obvious, and I probably as a twenty three year old would be like, yeah, obviously, duh. Right. But I would say you know really check underneath all the rocks yeah. make sure you know everything before you're going into different is it even possible to know everything though no. i mean you're starting a business and you don't really have necessarily the experience in that field there's got to be landmines that pop up every day there there had to have been a point where you guys were like okay this is maybe too much to bear and then a moment where you got over that hump and you're like okay we found our rhythm yeah i think that happens on those like 12 hour days we are like oh i i haven't stopped to eat today uh, that's definitely a little bit, but then the day's over and you're like, I feel great. Yeah. Yeah. It is. That's definitely not a thing of the past. It's every other day. There's very <laughs> yeah. high highs and very low lows. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think maybe also advice would be to just try to keep a, uh, a larger horizon perspective. Cause a lot of times it's easy to think that whatever you're doing, you're gonna see results immediately. Right. Um, and just to sort of manage your expectations with timelines of things too. Huge. Because um, we've definitely run into that a lot. And I imagine also staying flexible in light of what's happened the last couple of years, knowing that you, you've gotta be nimble business-wise at all times. Yes, 100%. Adapt basically to whatever like we can do. That's how it is with the food cart too, because you know um, it starts raining. We yeah. have to go and figure something else out, or you know, COVID. You can't be certain places. So, I think the, a big lesson for us has just been like in all business, you just gotta adapt and then figure out the next thing. Yeah. Ben, since you're the architect of the website, this question is directed specifically towards you, all but right. I want Miguel's answer as well. You reference the Black Eyed Peas <laughs> lyrics as inspiration on your website. It prompts a necessary question. Which Black Eyed Peas member do you most closely identify with? And what's your personal Black Eyed Peas anthem? <laughs> oh, see, that's a good one. Because I'll, I'll admit, I don't know if I know all the names of the Black Eyed Peas members. Okay. Wow. Which is kind of embarrassing. I mean, you got I Will I Am. Will I Am and Fergie is what Apple I got. Apple D App. Apple D App. You got Taboo. And then Fergie for a period of time. Yes. Oh, I mean, I do like Will I Am. Okay. I think he's had some some good stuff on the side too. Um, That's funny. I gotta go Fergie. My anthem is Fergalicious. Obviously. All right. <laughs> I love that Miguel had that answer locked in Logan. Oh, I know. Uh, I, I do love all Black Eyed Peas songs, but. <laughs> I think for whatever reason, the one that's in my head right now is uh, Disco Club. Okay. For whatever reason, it just really has a, a nice beat. <laughs> uh, mine is uh, Fallen Up from their very first album, Behind the Front, which was released uh, in 1999 when I was a senior in high school. Ooh. 
Nice. I'm old school. <laughs> Peabody, as they're called, which is to wait. Over. Was that their original name? No, uh, their actually their original name was the At Band Clan. What? And they were discovered by Easy E. What? They were dancing in a nightclub wearing sweaters, and Easy E and all of his gangster glory was like, "That is new. That is unique. You don't see guys doing hip hop and dancing in sweaters." And they signed the At Band Clan, and now That's they are the Black Eyed Peas. All these years later. Interesting. Yeah. Dang. Coming for a history lesson. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I, as you can see, I'm passionate about the Black Eyed Peas for some reason. Well, it's <laughs> good to see that some people appreciate the quotes on our website then. Absolutely. Ben King and Miguel Bencomo, co-founders of King Como's Quesadillas inside of the Town Center at Aurora. Look for them on your favorite food delivery apps or go to their website to see their menu and place an order at kingcomos.com. Anything you'd like to say before we wrap this up, guys? Just thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. This has been awesome. Uh, check them out on Facebook and Instagram at King Como's Quesadillas and on TikTok at King Como's. Hey, thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast. Visit Aurora is the official destination marketing organization for the city of Aurora, Colorado and acts as the primary liaison between meeting planners and hotel partners. As Aurora's convention and visitors bureau, Visit Aurora's mission is grounded in showcasing Aurora as a premier destination for meetings, business, and leisure travel. Visit Aurora represents more than 75 plus hotel properties with 13,500 plus guest rooms and more than 1 million square feet of meeting space, including Colorado's largest resort, Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center. As Colorado's third largest city, Aurora is located minutes away from Denver International Airport and showcases mountain views, memorable meeting spaces, and 250 plus international eateries that offer a unique experience for each and every visitor. As the gateway to the Rockies, Visit Aurora's role in the local community goes beyond marketing the city as a destination. The Visit Aurora team is here to assist you with your Colorado visit from facilities your meeting, event, or convention to helping you discover local flavor and attractions. Go beyond the boardroom in Aurora, Colorado. For more, visit us at visitaurora.com.